Um, well, most of the world was fixated on the story of the five men trapped and presumed lost at the bottom of the sea. There was another story that in terms of simple math, and you don't want to boil it down to just that, but in the most callous terms, just sheer numbers, uh, was a far more tragic tale. Hundreds of people missing after a ship that was grossly overloaded with migrants, primarily from northern Africa and the Middle East, Egypt, Syria, Pakistan, Palestine, and uh, some other locales, sank off the coast of Greece. All of them paid thousands of dollars each to so-called travel agents or immigration agents. Um, It's a big, big business. And as horrific as this story is, and it is awful, there are thousands of migrants facing all kinds of struggles to journey in search of a better life. Not all of them anywhere near as tragic as this, but struggles nonetheless. So what does it say about the way we're handling this situation globally and in our country? We're going to chat now with uh, Manon Gupta, who is a registered immigration consultant based in Brampton. Hello, Manon. Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Oh, hang on. Sorry, I forgot to push the button. I apologize. Good morning. Good morning, Shay. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be amongst your audience. Thank you. Um, it's 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 a story that I think we haven't really paid a whole lot of attention to, and we sort of see it as something that's happening over there kind of a thing. It's not in our own backyard, but there's a growing business globally, right? Illegal agents capitalizing on, we can only call it desperation, of these migrants, and it's a big business at this point, isn't it? Well, absolutely. And I must, uh, you know, first of all, my heart goes out to all those people, those who have lost lives in this uh, recent uh, tragedy in Western Greece earlier this month. You know, there is no doubt people want to move out from their comfort zone, from their birthplace for, you know, for better reasons, for better opportunities. And there are so many, so many push factors which, you know, encourage people to do that. And that is what happened with these unfortunate uh, human beings, those who lost their lives, whether they were from Egypt, Pakistan, Palestine or wherever. But even one life is too much to be lost in such inhumane conditions. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for for certain. Um, When we hear about the boat sinking, it's not the first time that has happened. Um, What does that say about the risk that people are willing to take, um, the desperation that is there? Well, it definitely, you know, shows that people are really desperate. They want to come out of those vicious cycle of, you know, whether it's social injustice, economic depression, lack of opportunities, whether it's violence, whether it's unemployment. They really want to go out for greener pastures. And, you know, that is why we have seen people uh, trying to, you know, come over to, to the Western world, even to, to the part over here in Canada, America, by whatever means they can. But there is a limit to what these countries can, you know, welcome people. There are, you know, there are some particular, you know, restrictions in numbers game. You know, even in Canada, when we look at the immigration uh, immigration timeline and immigration prospects, you know, we are looking at around 70 to 80,000 refugees, which Canada is ready to welcome. So there is a, you know, limit to what any country can welcome. But having said that, of course, you know, nobody can, uh, can you know, take away those push factors overnight. Yeah. What about the the agents? What do we know? I mean, is this uh, organized? Is it individuals? I mean, obviously they're preying on p- desperate, desperate people. But um, there's there's a lot. It's big business, right? Absolutely, it's a big business and it's a thriving business. And unfortunately, the, it, the there are people 
out there, those who are unregulated, unlicensed, and in our industry, we call them ghost consultants because they are not accountable to any rule of law, especially if we compare to Canadian-based regulated Canadian immigration consultants, which are popularly known as RCICs, and I'm one of them as well. You know, we are accountable to a code of conduct. You know, we are accountable to a disciplinary process if in case we uh, don't conduct ourselves professionally. But these unregulated, unlicensed, have nobody nobody else to you know look into their conduct which is mostly unprofessional and illegal yeah what about um, what happens in our country? I mean, obviously, we're not, we, we don't hear about, you know, boatloads of people drowning off the coast of Canada, but I know we've had incidents at Roxham Road where people have, you know, gone, had horrible physical um, problems because of the weather and things like that. But there's all kinds of things that happen to people in Canada or trying to get to Canada, right? Absolutely. You know, they, like people are desperate to come to Canada as well in, in different categories, you know, and sometimes many of those uh, people, they get trapped with the, uh, such ghost consultants and they don't know the repercussions right away but as as you just very rightly mentioned in the last couple of weeks we have seen some horror stories related to international yeah. students especially those who were coming from from india they were duped into they were provided fake letters of admissions and some of them they were not aware some of them might have been duly aware as well so we don't know what is the exact ground reality but having said that there is absolutely no denying the fact that there is a ton of a uh, huge number of ghost consultants those who are desperate to make big bucks out of these uh, people these you know uh, these uh, people those who want to come to canada by whatever means so what do we need to do as a country to try and make this better well there is so much we can do definitely there needs to be a much more stronger effective preventive actions to make sure that uh, anybody who wants to apply to come to Canada temporarily or permanently, there there is due diligence in ensuring the paperwork is complete, factual, legitimate. And of course, we need to also ensure there are timely corrective actions put into place. We yet don't know what the government of Canada, our immigration Canada is doing to ensure that in future such fake letter of admissions don't pass the litmus test. So there has to be some due process in play so that our Canadian immigration system remains transparent, it remains equitable, effective, and there are no surprises down the line. Yeah, exactly. It's tough to do, though, right? I mean, we know that because of that desperation, that factor that is so important and people are so driven, um, th- that those kinds of things will continue to find success in, you know, in enticing people to spend their money or take their chances. Well, it's it's difficult to do, but it's not something impossible. You sure. know, government really needs to step up. They need to create much more education and awareness, in especially those countries, those regions of world where there's a lot of people want to come to Canada. You know, there needs to be better ways to detect and prevent such fraudulent submissions. And there has to be a strict and timely enforcement as well. You know, we need to fill in the loopholes. We need to uh, make sure that strict, timely enforcement is taken care of so that people are made much aware of the consequences of misrepresentation because you know ultimately everything you know delays our justice system everything you know then boils down to other stakeholders which are genuinely lined up in the immigration queue yeah exactly and, it, and it's a big big problem as we saw last week uh man and thank you so much for your time i do appreciate you being with us today